0: This is A Word, a podcast from Slate. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. The new movie Chevalier tells the story of Joseph Bologne, a renowned violinist and composer who moved in royal circles in pre-revolutionary France. His genius challenged ideas about race and excellence, something that appealed to the film's leading man, actor Kelvin Harrison Jr.
1: My job as the actor is to make sure that the audience can understand where Joseph is coming from. And it's not my job to make you like him. But my job is to make sure you understand him.
0: The star Chevalier, Kelvin Harrison Jr., coming up on A Word with me, Jason Johnson. Stay with us.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
0: Welcome to A Word, a podcast about race and politics and everything else. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. The new film Chevalier, starring actor Kelvin Harrison Jr., tells the story of French violinist Joseph Ballone. Known as the Black Mozart, Boulogne became a star of society in pre-revolutionary France and a friend to Marie Antoinette before embracing the fight against the monarchy. Until this movie, Boulogne's music had largely been lost to history, and that's not an accident. After his death in 1799, his work was deliberately erased from public records by Napoleon Bonaparte because Boulogne's excellence challenged Bonaparte's ideas about the racial inferiority of African people. And those racist ideas limited Bologna's choices during his life, including his decision not to marry. His anguish over that was depicted in the film.
3: I fear marriage is not in the cards for me.
2: Why? Too much fun betting admirers from your concerts night after night?
3: It is illegal for someone of my complexion to marry someone of my class.
2: Why not marry a Negro woman? That is perfectly legal. Unless, of course, you do not prefer them.
3: What a thing to say.
2: I, I, I do not mean to offend.
3: Why did you not marry a Negro? Perhaps the better question is, why would I be legally forced to give up
0: my title for marrying a Negro woman? I will be punished, no matter who I marry. Actor Kelvin Harrison Jr. portrays Joseph Ballone in Chevalier, and he himself is a rising star of film and television. And Kelvin Harrison Jr. joins us now. Welcome to A Word. Appreciate it. The story of Joseph Ballone wasn't widely known or discussed before this film, Chevalier. Before you were attached to this project, had you ever heard of this person or was this an education process for you as well?
1: It was an education process for me. I heard about it through Stephanie Robinson's script and Searchlight when they were, you know, I was asking them, I was like, can I get a job with you guys? And they told me about this guy. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because my dad is a classical music teacher and he didn't even know about him. So that's how well Napoleon Bonaparte covered up everything.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. So you said, you know, hey, you were sort of pitching with Searchlight, you were interested in working with them what attracted you? Was it the script? Was it Stephanie Robinson? I mean, I know she's worked on comedies like Atlanta and Fargo. Did you want to do comedy? And she's like, you know what, I have this script about this hidden person. What attracted you to working with her in this particular script?
1: I just thought she did a beautiful job at writing the script. It felt like a classical composition of sorts. You know, when you read it, it's very different how you watch it. She wrote it. In, it's almost like an opera. There were acts involved. like in, in terms of writing structure, that's typical. But the way she did it, it felt like this was the adagio. This was the allegro. Here were the cadenzas. And it felt very musical. And I think I've always related to work, film work, and storytelling from the perspective of a musician, which is it has pacing as a thing. And is there a musicality to it? Are there dynamics within it? Is there a crescendo, decrescendo, forte, mezzo forte, piano, at, at the sensitive moments? And I felt that she really embodied joseph's inner composer in her writing and i was like that i trust this writer and i trust this uh,
0: portrayal of him what did you have to do to prepare for the role because you said all right your dad taught classics so i'm sure you went to your dad but even the fencing was really impressive did you spend hours practicing fencing was that just sort of part of stagecraft did you read a lot about music what was your preparation process like for the role
1: Well, with fencing, I did a a lot of fencing training during the pandemic because um, Joe Wright, when I was doing Cyrano, wanted me to fence in the movie. And then we cut it because, you know, Pete's the star of the movie. So Pete got all the cool fencing stuff. But I still had the training and it came into use finally with this movie. So I was really grateful for that. But then I did some sprucing up. They got this wonderful, like, fencing extraordinaire that was flown to Prague. And I trained with him for, I guess, the duration of the shoot every day and a little bit before the shoot And he didn't speak English. And so that was a really interesting thing, too, is like trying to interpret what he was trying to teach me. But what I enjoyed about it was that I felt like that's the way Joseph learned. You know, he went into Paris. He didn't speak French. He was learning the language at the time and he was learning from the other students at the academy. So you just kind of as the actor, it was it was kind of a treat that it worked out that way.
0: There's something like really contemporary about Joseph's journey in this film. We're going to hear a clip of Chevalier reading a proclamation from Marie Antoinette explaining why he won't be named head of the National Opera. I want to play you that clip, and get your thoughts on the other side. What could this possibly be?
3: The three divas of the opera, La Gema, La L'Arno, and Levisseur, La have penned this petition in order to prevent the appointment of the Chevalier de Saint-Georges as music director of the Paris Opera. What is this? We implore our queen to recognize that our honor and our delicate conscience could never allow ourselves to submit to the orders of a mulatto. He belongs to a subhuman race and such a man should not be allowed. The honor of holding the highest musical position in France. We implore our queen to revoke the upcoming nomination.
0: Is this some sort of prank? So much of acting is about rejection. Did you bring a lot of that to sort of Joseph's response to it? You know, what, what did you draw upon to, to show your anger and frustration in that scene?
1: Obviously, I've been rejected from many of things in life, and it's more so, I don't know, when you build up a character like Joseph, it's just the injustice in it all. It's the It really comes down to a personal relationship and less about what I'm capable of, but more so in how you see me as a person. That rejection of denying me of my full humanity, of denying me of a friendship, of real community, denying me of just being a person, of life. That hurt the most, and that gives you the. I feel that every day. You know, I feel that constantly when I'm interacting with certain individuals. And I'm just like, you choose not to see me, and I find that really, really frustrating. And I'm hurt by it, and hurt turns into rage. You know, um, and you just have to allow yourself to go into the rage because in my normal life, you got you know, you practice leveling yourself because uh, you can't really move like
0: Joseph moves in life anymore. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more on the new film Chevalier with star Kelvin Harrison, Jr. This is A Word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
0: You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today, we're talking with actor Kelvin Harrison Jr., star of the new film Chevalier. What was the most surprising thing you found out about Joseph Ballone and doing the research and playing the role? What was the thing where you're like, whoa, okay, I didn't expect that.
1: There's a few. I think the biggest one is something that we actually stated at the end of the film, which is Joseph scared Napoleon Bonaparte so much that he literally went out of his way to erase all of his work. Because what Joseph represented at that time was truly a leader, truly a trailblazer and a, a man of the people beyond anything else, more so than the king and the queen. That is very scary to have that much power as a black man. It could undo their entire economic system. And so you look at this guy and you basically see this threat. And I was like, it's just, it says so much. It says so much to want to erase literally every, try to get every composition out of the way. So that was shocking. Yeah. I would say that would be the most shocking
0: thing. So it's interesting. This isn't your first period piece. You know, you've done 12 Years a Slave. You're you're now sort of leading Chevalier. I think one of the questions that a lot of people had, they wrestle with, Joseph seeming lack of connection to blackness. Joseph seems for most of his life to be like, hey, I'm the special snowflake. I get to do whatever I want. How did you wrestle with making a character like that empathetic? Because many people would look at someone like that and say, this guy didn't even talk to black people until his mama showed up.
3: They ask about you out there, you know? The people, they miss your music. Mm. Enough, enough wallowing, it is pathetic. Seems fitting of me. Hmm. You've let these rich white people soften you. Uh Uh-uh. Get up. Come with me.
0: In many respects, he separated himself from part of his identity for so long.
1: I just tried to make sure I was basing it in the truth and the facts of the facts. My whole thing is, is when I take on projects... I can't absolve any character of their wrongs, and I can't absolve them of, the, you know, some of their behaviors that aren't necessarily them cho- displaying them be- their best selves or their most evolved selves. If they're ignorant, they're ignorant. And I think what Joseph is, is my in- investigation was, well, why is this particular guy believing he's an anomaly? Yes, he's very gifted, but why does he feel like he's outside of Blackness? Or did he have to do this to survive? Has he convinced himself under these really gruesome, scary circumstances? Because we're dealing with life or death. We're dealing with either I have an opportunity or I don't. We're dealing with being dropped off into whiteness and abandoned there and saying, now I need to figure out how to survive. Can you judge me from my survival techniques? I don't think that's fair because you didn't actually have to live through that in the way I did. And that's the argument with his mother. And so if you play that truth, my job as the actor is to make sure that the audience can understand where Joseph is coming from. If you don't like him, that's your business. And it's not my job to make you like him. But my job is to make sure that you understand him. And yeah, that's how I took it on.
0: You have a really impressive resume. You've gotten to do a lot of movies where you play gifted young men, right? In Monster, you played a Harlem film student who fell in with the wrong crowd and was charged with murder. In Waves, you <laughs> were a wrestler who... Ended up having some issues that came out, I don't to give it away, but came out later on. In Loose, you played a gifted but troubled kid who's adopted by a white family. I want to play you a little clip from that, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Um, basically, my question that I hope Ms. Wilson can help me with is around
3: this idea of reduced expectation versus the affirmation by the Court of Student Civil Rights. Like, what are the criteria for evaluating what's a violation of privacy? Is privacy a civil right? I think so. Maybe the law isn't so sure. If I went through your desk without your knowing, would you feel like your privacy was violated? Yes, I would. So? Feelings aren't a legal argument. In the New Jersey case, the teacher assumed the girl was guilty because of her feelings. That's called reasonable suspicion. It's all the police need to search a car. So it's about what's reasonable? That's what courts are for. Really, it's just about people, though, right? Whether they conform to what we think they are. It's not that simple.
0: Nothing ever is. When you play a role like that, how do you leave that drama behind? How do you say, all right, cool, I'm going to move from the trouble kid who committed murder and this, that, the other to, to the next place? I know every actor has to do it. Lupita Nyong'o said something
1: when she was doing 12 Years a Save that was so just profound. And she was like, it's such a privilege to be an actor and to be able to relive a time or tell a story and still be able to go home and escape from it. That's not actually my reality. I just get to investigate it. So I think about it in the sense that, like, what a beautiful class where I get to educate myself on someone else's experience like Luce being a child soldier from Eritrea and coming into this world and being seen this way, but it not actually being my life. You know what I mean? My life, I'm from New Orleans. I eat crawfish. I eat red beans every Monday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to watch movies. I like to play laser tag. That's my life. <laughs> Um, but I get to educate myself and honestly inform a little bit who I am and how I choose to interact with the rest of the world through these characters in a safe space. You know, sometimes you take on some of the traumas, but really I think the traumas are just being revealed to you and a light's being shown on some of the things that you've denied that you've actually existed through in your life and now they need to be addressed. And then they, I, I just deal with them accordingly.
0: We're going to take a short break. We come back more with actor Kelvin Harrison Jr. about his new film, Chevalier. This is A Word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned.
2: Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Olly.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today, we're talking with actor Kelvin Harrison Jr. about his new film, Chevalier, and his extensive career. You've already worked with tons of award-winning actors. You've worked with Octavia Spencer and Luce. You work with Jeffrey Wright and Monster. And on television, Forrest Whitaker and Godfather of Harlem, which I absolutely love that show. What do you pick up from them? Like, what's something you've gotten from Forrest Whitaker? What's something, you know, a nugget that you got from Octavia Spencer? Like, oh, hey, this is how I can improve my craft. What are some of the things that you've gotten from some of the legendary actors you've worked with?
1: The consistent through line through every grade to me and from what I've seen is they trust their instincts and that's what they tell you to lead with. Trust your instincts. You have good instincts. Don't abandon them. They're kind. They're all very, very kind people and and they have great work ethic. And I think that's the thing is if you're doing the research, if you are... Being on time, if you're willing to go to rehearsals and not necessarily making it about your ego, then you're already ahead of the game. If you're kind to the people you work with, people want to work around you and they feel safe to work around you. And safety is where the best work comes out of because people allow themselves to go to these very scary places because they know that it's OK. There's a community here just allowing your talent to actually show up and not trying to deny it or stifle it in your individuality.
0: Everybody has a dream. When you were a kid, what's the dream role that you wanted? Or was there not one? And you, you sort of just came to the acting later? I came to acting late. I actually wanted to be a lawyer. I, we used to have this thing in, in middle school
1: um, called like Kid Biz. And it was like a fake town that they built at a warehouse. And there was like a movie theater and like a courtroom and. Um, A car dealership and a radio station and all these things. And we had to like for the weeks leading up, we had to learn how to use a checkbook and balance our checks and, and our finances. And basically, we all got jobs that we aspired to be. We would live on these sets. Little did I know I really wanted to be an actor probably, but I really I was a judge and i was i was handing out traffic tickets like nobody. And i was like you're going to jail. <laughs> um so it was uh i wanted to get into litigation but uh really i just wanted to play pretend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. Okay, that is interesting. You know maybe there's like a legal show in your future. Um if there's one piece because again i i think you've done an amazing job and i always like leaving the audience with like a call to action or something to be excited about. Obviously, see Chevalier. Obviously, go back and watch Luce, Obviously, go see Monster. All these great films that Kelvin's been in. But what's one piece of advice that you would give actors out there?
1: Live life. I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of young actors confuse the hustle and the business of acting with the actual work. And the work only shows up because of the fact that you've lived life, because you've connected with people, because you are involved in your community. It's, it's because of the fact that you're allowing inspiration to enter your existence. And the only way you can put that back out is if you're filling your cup. And every time we deprive ourselves of that, we actually don't have a story to tell. We have nothing to contribute to these characters that have very full lives, and you find yourself doing one-dimensional characters. And so when you go in audition, you're like, "Oh,, why, why haven't I really been able to embody this fully? That's because you're not you inside obsessing over like interviews and stuff like that instead of like being with your friends and being amongst your people. So that's it. Live life.
0: Actor Kelvin Harrison Jr. is the star of the new film Chevalier. It's in theaters now. Thanks for joining us today on a word. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's a word for this week. The show's email is a word at slate.com. This episode was produced by Ayana Angel. Ben Richmond is Slate's Senior Director of Podcast Operations. Alicia Montgomery is the Vice President of Slate Audio. Our theme music was produced by Don Will. I'm Jason Johnson. Tune in next week for Word.